The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome, my listener loves. I hope you are settled into a gorgeous, joyful groove this season. I hope you've been finding your home place super meaningful and vibration elevating. We've been changing things up over at Joy School a bit, responding to some of your requests, and we're now offering those monthly online workshops that we've talked about the first Monday of every month. You can find out all about those at lisamccourt.com. I teach them with my wildly gifted, intuitive friend, Victoria Shaw, and we'd love to play with you there. And speaking of wildly gifted friends, I've been so excited to get to hang out a bit with Stephen Altair. I met Stephen through Ian Haycroft, whom we all got to know recently here on the Do Joy podcast. And wow, is this guy up to some incredible and beautiful things. I have a feeling we'll like barely get to touch on all of them tonight because this is a, a lot to um, to share with you here. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Lisa. And what a joy to be with Joy. Oh, <laughs> I, I was about to, can I, should I read your little bio? I was about to read your bio. Do you want to? <laughs> See, we're so excited to talk. I almost didn't get the bio. I'm so excited. We're like two little kids. So I know. All right. So y'all, just so y'all know, Stephen has co-founded three educational institutions, a health and lifestyle TV channel, published 10 books, including one top 10 bestseller, composed three music albums, including a single presented to Nelson Mandela on his inauguration that also supports Tibetan refugees educational programs. Stephen has lectured at universities at both bachelor and master's levels, given seminars and workshops in New Zealand, Australia, USA, Japan. He's been a guest speaker at Mike Microsoft conventions on the subject of mindful practice and technologies. And today we get them all to ourselves here at Do Joy. So now we can go. All right. All right. Go, Stephen. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. What, a, what an absolute joy. Yeah, I was just mentioning to you, I, I literally just come out of an interview with Dawson Church, and here I am with the beautiful Lisa, and I just think it, the, the world is like that. It's a very good life, and it's very open and flowing. So I can, I'm very present to the art of joy. I think for all of you listening there, you know, please join Lisa, us, Lisa and I on this Art of Joy because I think once we explore this with you and we come up with lots and lots of really little simple ways that you can add joy and love and kindness and care to your life, that 
it just opens opens portals. It opens extraordinary opportunities. And I've had more than my fair share of miracles in, in life. And I'm very present to those. And I want to bring those incredible stories and opportunities to you. So, Lisa, what a, what a joy. And thank you for the blessing of just being present with you and, and with everybody who's listening. Thank you, thank you. I love how you described that. And, and yes, those simple, these, these simple little techniques, right? That's how it seems, but, but it must not be, right? Because for so many people, it's just not, it's not simple. And, and I mean, we've all wanted happiness since the start of time. It's what we're here for. It's what we are at our core. It's, it's love. It's joy. It's compassion. That's who we are. Why is it so difficult for so many humans to, to live from that place or access it or even acknowledge it? Why does that yeah. feel like a fairy tale when we talk about that? Absolutely. So, so just starting off with that, I mean, what a what a great why, why does it feel like a fairy tale? Now, here's here's one simple piece of kind of wisdom that I've collected over the years that I think is really useful in terms of the art of joy. I often call the art of joy when I'm describing it to people as the allowing and the openness to life. Quite often when we think, oh, you know, I've had this terrible day. I don't know what to do with this anger or this irritation. So one of the extraordinary things about being open is that we can have a baseline of joy, but equally we can open to all these emotions. Quite often what we're, what we're taught and what we're conditioned to when we're very little is, you know, as kids, hey, these are bad emotions. These are difficult ones. You know, you don't want those. And, you really want to go go for the positive. And of course, you don't feel positive all the time. So if you're listening and you're having just one of those days, see if you can rest back a little bit as you're listening to Lisa and I, because you can actually feel and have this baseline of openness and joy and just learn to stop resisting and pushing against those emotions that we that feel uncomfortable, right? Because they feel uncomfortable in our bodies. But when we actually learn to allow those emotions and embrace them and actually have them fully flow through us, that's actually what I call self-liberating awareness. You suddenly become aware that there's a new superpower that you've had all the way along, and that is this open awareness, this awareness that allows energies of all sorts to come through you know it's a bit like the river where there's just all sorts of stuff that flows down the river but the river doesn't actually stop the stop any of those things from flowing and so one of the key things that i teach people in in the art of joy is this all-encompassing allowing and openness that we and, and later on with your uh with your permission, Lisa, I'll do some practices in this just to help people feel oh, yes, you will. <laughs> to rest back and allow and be open. You know, because we are quite often we're quite often taught, well, we've got to do this, or we've got to. Do, there's so much, so so many things where we're taught about goals and objectives, but in fact, the very basic art of joy that we have present all the time is this allowing and this openness. And a lot of this came from my. Uh, a couple of things, Lisa. Well, one was I was very fortunate. I was brought up by a Carmelite mother superior by the name of Kathleen Mother, Mother Kathleen Adamson. So she taught me the Carmelite practices of what is known as centering prayer. Now, the centering prayer goes so far as to say that God is unknowable. There is the, what they call a great cloud of unknowing, and that is that we don't put our concepts around this, around 
joy and love and God, we we remain really open. So I, I was brought up as a little tiny tot in one is that I don't know, and two is that I was always guided by the and protected by angels. So I actually saw angels when I was a really little kid, and I presumed everybody could see angels. So I had this wonderful kind of protection and guardians that were always present with me that stayed with me all through my life. So really being open to the unknown and being open to the boundlessness and the infinite is one of the really important things. I think it was Swami Muktananda gave this beautiful example where he drew a red dot on a white sheep. I was just it's talking to Dawson about exactly this, and, and where if you say, what's that? So people say, oh, it's a red dot. And he said, well, no, it's actually, it's a white sheet. With a red. You, you've gone and focused on one particular thing. And this is what happens with our attention and awareness. We tend to go for just what we obsess about little detail. Oh my goodness, I've forgotten this. I haven't done this. Or you watch the news and you obsess about what's happening in the, in, in the US government or whatever else it is. And, and of course, that's then when you're, where your attention is going. Your attention is not going to the boundless. It's not resting and being open and allowing. It's not resting, being joy. It's actually gone to that little red dot. It's, it's actually focused in, in a way that causes all kinds of constriction and restriction and contraction. So, they, so that's something that I'm really present to all the time, is that if we want to be open to joy, then we've got to be open to openness. And, and that means starting to come to terms with really simple things that we can do in our lives. I often uh, do, like, for example, gratitude practices. The moment you get up in the morning, just settle in bed from it. Don't turn on your phone. Ideally, hopefully your alarm's not going. And you can just rest back and just simply bring to mind three things that you're grateful for and that you're going to be grateful for in the day. That does suck, because, again, this is speaking to the principle of the openness to joy. You're just simply open to all those good things. So it's actually the opening and allowing that is the key. You open like a flower, a flower of your heart, and it opens wide. And if you do that first thing in the morning, and then during the day you bring to mind, just whenever you think of it, a few moments when you can be deeply grateful for something wonderful, that's either happening or that's going to happen or that's even happened at some other time in your life and do that last thing when you go to sleep at night then in fact your, your dreams start to become permeated with the sense of gratitude your waking moments become permeated with the sense of gratitude so really simple things like that can actually make a huge difference in your day and particularly you know for those of you listening First thing when you get up, and the last thing when you go to bed at night. Those are those are priceless moments. You want to spend those moments not on social media, not watching television, but really simply open to the immense glories that are present on our planet and for each one of us in in all its different different ways. And I think sometimes, Lisa, you know, I often say this in interviews that I do that you might be out there right now listening to this and think, oh gosh, well I feel so alone or everything feels feels tough, reach out. You know, we, Lisa and I, many like us, are here to actually help you. You, you are not alone. You are never, never alone. And if you think, oh, but they're gonna, some of the things that I'm going to share are just so crazy. Oh, I can tell you, I can share, <laughs> I can share crazier. <laughs> ah. <laughs>
Wow. Okay. That was a lot. That was beautiful. Yes. And where we're placing our attention is how we create. That's what's creating everything. So yes, if you don't like the red dot, stop looking at the red dot. There's a whole white sheet right there. It's pulling back that focus. So thank you for that, that metaphor. That's really uh, makes it, brings it home just to see that, that little red dot on that huge white sheet. And I love that. And, and I know we have a, a gazillion things to talk about, but before you uh, change your mind about that practice, let's go through it. Let's do, you said you're going to offer us a, a practice for feeling oh, into the, the, the non-duality really is what it felt like you were going to, to lead us that's to. Exactly what, that's exactly what I'm going to lead you to. All right. So just uh, because I know you're listening to this and you're part of the way through, I'm going to ask you, so I'm just kind of, Get preempting this for you. Part of the way through, I'm going to get you to put your hands in different parts of your body and tap there. So you're going to tap a feeling. So those of you that are familiar with EFT or tapping, you'll you know what I mean. But if you're not, it just I'm just going to gently, let's call it a gentle head massage, where you're going to tap with your fingertips on your crown and different other points of your body. Okay, so that's really simple. So now all you need to do is rest back and close your eyes with me. And just for a moment, Let's go back to the most essential point of any any practice that you do, and that is simply, just as Lisa and I have been discussing, and that is simply that your own true nature can be viewed as openness and allowing and clear and pure. So all we're going to do is let go, surrender, and rest in that awareness and allow all of our experiences to unfold within that space of open awareness or non-dual awareness or limitlessness. Just for a moment, rest and get comfortable with the limitlessness of your being. So find an upright posture, your eyes are closed, and just relaxing back, nothing you have to do, just relaxing enough and just alert enough to notice the energies in your body. So get comfortable with your body. Body's like a friend. You're not your body. And you're actually not your thoughts. You are this infinite consciousness. So you're just aware as you turn inwards like that. So, oh, hello, body. How are you doing? Just check in with it. You've got aches or pains. Just notice them. Be open to them. Allow them. Greet them. Greet them like friend. Just, oh, I haven't noticed you. Ache in my knee. How are you doing? So do whatever you need to do to truly let go and surrender. And if it helps, bring to mind an experience or an image that's helped you to let go. For example, you might find yourself lying on the grass on a beautiful warm summer's day, so you might have a real special moment out in nature. The summer sun shining on you. It just feels so beautiful. Or it could be in the care and kindness and that beautiful feeling of being with your grandma. It could be with a pet. It's a pet you really cherish, or, or a lover or best friend, partner. So it's a bit like sliding into a warm bath of love or care or kindness or joy. So whatever helps you to completely relax, take a few moments to do that, and notice how it feels in your body. What is this feeling? Deep kindness and relaxation. Peace. 
then open your heart to this kindness. So think of your love for your grandma or your pet or your best friend or even a very special experience in life. could also be a childhood moment. It might be just that time when you felt very free as a little kid riding on your bike or whatever it happened to be. So really open your heart to this sense of love and kindness and nurturing. So it's a place where you've felt really safe. That's why I'm saying it could be just as simple as being with a pet, being with your grandma, being out in nature. And that we're doing this, not just for each other, not just for Lisa and I, but for all of you. So there's the collective presence that's here right now. There's a collective presence of allowing and opening that we're all present to. So we're all opening. You're part of the infinite consciousness of the collective, of all of us listening. So we're doing it also for all of us, to help all of us recognize this open, gentle allowing of whatever's present. So we're connecting with our open heart. You might feel that in your heart right now, that beautiful sense of, oh, my heart is really starting to open like a flower. And then bring to mind the blessings of perhaps any traditions you're associated with, or again, it could be your grandparents, it could be the beauties of nature that you connect to as wisdom. You could have gurus, teachers, mentors, guides, angels, perhaps deities from any tradition. I often connect them with White Tara or with Virgin Mary. So it could be something like that as well. It could be some connection. Now, here, see if you can feel that connection that you have, whatever it is, if it's with your grandma, if it's with nature. Well, as if you can connect to that wisdom right in front of you. Imagine that that feeling that beautiful loving feeling or protecting feeling or guide or kindness is right in front of you. So as I said, it could be as simple as a grandma or a pet. You might feel that love right in front of you. I want you to gently feel that love. I want you to embody it in front. And then feel that same love to your right. So that same love or joy, same gentle kindness to your right. And then feel it too, your back behind you, supporting you. Don't worry about imagining the personal feeling. Just simply feel the presence of that quality, of that love or kindness or awareness. And then to your left. Yeah, that's right. Now you can feel it close, right? It feels like it's very close, very embodied. And then at your feet. Feel as if it's flowing up. This love or connected feeling is flowing up through your feet and legs and hips, into your belly, into your heart. And you feel that like that same essence is above you too. So this love you feel for, say, grandma or a pet or this gentle love you might have for a guardian or guide is starting to flow down from above you through your crown. Third eye. Oh, it feels so good. So now I'm going to gently get you to raise your hands, your fingertips, and 
gently tap this loving feeling into your crown. You could almost imagine it as if the, I, I often imagine the Tara herself is tapping this into me, or that an angel is tapping, or you as the angel are tapping this into you. You're embodying this wisdom, this love, into your crown. Oh, it feels so good. It's like you're pouring a nectar into your open crown, and it's coming down, and it's saturating down through the crown. And then move your hands down to the third eye area, so the space between your eyebrows. And gently tap there. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh, there's joy and love right there, right in my body, right in this feeling, this feeling of light. And then move your hands gently around behind your skull, so at the base of your skull, just gently tap there. It's like you're filling the base of your skull with kindness or joy or laughter. Or you're just staying with those simple moments, right? With the grandma or the pet or that childhood moment or that connection you have with the guardian or guide. Wow. Oh, look. It's so beautiful as it flows into your body. And then let your hands move down through and in front of on your chest and your heart. Gently tap on your heart. Just remind your beautiful heart that there is so much joy. And that you're tapping this gentle love for your grandma or love for the pet or the connection you have with a guardian, an angel or a mentor or just this open connection to nature. Oh, it feels so present in your body. And then just let go and just drop your hands. And just let go and feel that from all around you, this love in front of you to your right behind you, your left, below you, and above, is now flowing down. It's like nectar flowing into you, dissolving into light and flowing into you and saturating your body, every molecule, saturating in behind your eyes, down through your ears. Oh, you can feel that love and joy boundlessly moving through your throat and heart, down your arms, into your palms, down your navel, sacral wood. And just for the next few moments, just drop all effort. Drop everything that's happening, any expectation. Just simply give yourself permission to be this love, to be this gentle kindness and gratitude. You don't even need to meditate. You're just resting naturally as this openness, as this allowing, as this receiving, as this gentle kindness. And as you breathe, now just bring awareness to the breathing in your heart and notice how full and how beautiful this quality of breathing is when it's present in the awareness, when you're fully open and allowing. Experience the full feeling of your breathing as this love. You are this love. You are this boundless, open vastness. And you can feel the beauty of the gift of the breath that we're breathing in the plants and trees' gifts to us. And then as we breathe out, we're breathing out this same compassionate love and awareness to each and every one of us, to me, to Lisa, to all of you listening. Oh, you're just compassionately giving. Our breathing is intimately connected to the earth and to all of us. So experience the whole process of this beautiful breath, where you're aware all the way from the in-breath and the very start, when it arises out of stillness. You see the sensations of the in-breath evolve in every moment. 
And then you see the space at the end of the in-breath. You feel the pause. Feel the gap. That openness. And then you feel the out-breath. As this love, as this loving kindness, your experience of your breath is so tranquil and beautiful. It's like the most beautiful garden in the springtime. You wonder if you'll ever want to look or breathe anything else. And the gap between your in-breath and out-breath is so vast, like space. So completely transparent. It's so open. There's no in-breath or out-breath. There's no outside or inside. And there's no in-between. So just rest for these last few moments in this ungraspable, open, spacious awareness. Just let go. Just rest in your true, boundless, open, transparent nature. Rest in this knowing, loving awareness. And then in this awareness, in this open bed that you are, slowly open your eyes as this love, as this radiance, as this openness. And take in everything that you see through eyes of openness, with gratitude, with appreciation, with love and awe, with delight and innocence, with the freshness of love itself, knowing your own true nature. And as you go about your day, slowly move your body as this love, as this loving, kind, beautiful love of open awareness. As you take a look around, notice the small details of your world around you as expressions of this open, allowing vastness Take in the richness and the beauty of this moment. Oh, and this moment. Every moment's like a new flower. Every moment holds the potential of the entire cosmos. And notice how everything happens within this pure, infinite, indivisible, timeless awareness. Notice how every moment is an unbound flow of this loving knowing. So, thank you, truly. For your boundless and divine presence, Lisa and everybody who's listening. Oh, how scrumptious. That was just <laughs> delightful. We talk a lot in Joy School about how you know, we're all vibratory beings in the sea of vibration, and vibration affects vibration, and the whole rub-off effect and contagion, and definitely... That was more than words that you were were bestowing upon us there. I know that everybody out there felt felt that energy and felt that um, transmission through those words. So thank you. That was just just beautiful. Well, thank you too. It is a reflection, right? When you're feeling beautiful, you are beautiful. So obviously, the transmission is you awakening your own beauty and your own purity and your own vastness so so thank you truly Lisa for the opportunity to do that and thank you everybody who's listening for the opportunity to share that with you
on behalf of that, everybody listening, thank you. <laughs> See, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put it off. I didn't want to say we'll save it for later. I was afraid we'd run out of time. I'm like, nope. You offered. You got to do that with us. We we want you to do that. So that was just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, other home play might come up, y'all, but if it doesn't, just keep you know, play this again. This is a you know free podcast. Play that every day. Get yourself in that space. Practice is, is how we, we access it with more and more ease and grace, and it becomes more and more of a default the more you do it. So, yeah, can't think of better home play than that. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just present to all the different paths that we could walk with. This there now are so many. <laughs> there are so many. I want to call you back, though, because you told me that um, your spirit animal is a hummingbird. And you said that you have a story about that. And I know that's going to oh. be a joyful story. So I, I want to make sure that we, we don't let go of the hummingbird. Oh, oh, that is a really joyful story. So as um so a, a little bit of my background so i'm a maori hawaiian so i was brought up in the beautiful richness of of new zealand and as as a result of being connected with indigenous elders and having been trained I've, i'm very fortunate that i've got lots of connections with the indigenous elders of new zealand and australia and hawaii and the achua of the amazon and so on so i get invited from time to time to attend different events and one of them was a beautiful power in the US and as part of that I met with a shaman at the very early stages of that gathering and he said to me do you know you're a spirit animal and I said I've got a really good idea I said I'm pretty sure it's a hummingbird I said I hum with joy whenever I'm around <laughs> people so I said I feel like that's my my totem and he said oh well let's see see and there was a TP we were inside this you know, beautiful encampment where, where everybody was, was gathered. And he said, let's see, we'll test it. And so he had a bag, bag of wounds of different different types, and, he, and one of them, they were all different spirit, spirit animals. So he said, let's, let's choose. We'll see what the animal is that first comes out, and he chose. And, of course, <laughs> it, it, ah. the first one was the hummingbird, right? Ah. So he goes... Oh, well, that's obviously your, that is your pro. Let's, let's see what it, you know, let's see what comes out. As I said, quite often people have a number of animals gathered around them. Let's see. So he puts it back in and he says, you choose this time just, just so I'm not influencing it. So I chose, and of course, it was a hummingbird. <laughs> he, said, he raised his eyebrows. He said, oh, you're, you're trying to make a point, aren't you? So, so he said, I'll, I'll do the last one. So he shook it as much as he could. And he threw it out on the floor, you know, so that, so that there was just one. Now, at that very moment, in through the flap of the tent, a hummingbird flew. No. And it flew around us, and it flew out again, and he picked up the rune, and it was a hummingbird. So that was three times in a row with the, the entrance of the hummingbird, just to make sure we didn't miss it. So oh. I'm... I just keep resting. But I love hummingbirds. They're, they're my family. I've, I've got a lot of stories of families of you know dolphins and snakes where I all kinds of dragons where I've been able to connect right across time and space in you know with witnesses to all kinds of animal experiences which has been just so extraordinarily confirming like that hummingbird so some years ago Lisa I was the, the that just like that experience I was um, very fortunate to be part of a um, an extraterrestrial visitation that was reported and recorded all over New Zealand. 
Now, of course, lots of people raise their eyebrows and say, well, it's, it could be this or it could be that. And it was research. They had lots of scientists come and investigate it. And so a couple of weeks after that, I was on a beach with a group of friends and they were making fun of that, saying, oh, you know, you're, where's, where are your aliens now? Where's your aliens? And, and I said, well, that, that was a very genuine, real experience. What would confirm it for you? And then one of my friends said, oh, call the dolphins, and she laughed, and everybody <laughs> laughed. So there was a group of people. Now, so just imagine it for everybody listening. I'm, I'm on a beach with five friends, and it's a wild ocean beach, and there's nothing out there. It's kind of a, it's a nice, nice enough day, but wild, right? It's not a beach you're probably going to want to swim in because the waves are just too big. So I... You know, being in my, I was in my early 20s and very, you know, like, okay, if you want me. So I, I literally sat down on the beach, Lisa, and I did these particular practices. So I'd, I'd practiced for years. I've, I've been very fortunate. I was taught by, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda, the Dalai Lama, many other great teachers right across. So I've been very fortunate to have been taught direct, directly by quite a number of luminary masters. So I just simply sat and I thought, oh, dolphins, okay, I'll connect to the ocean. And you know, in that very moment, inside my body, there was like a wave of the ocean, almost like it reminds me of the alchemist, you know, that the, you suddenly, you, you're the desert. So for that moment, I was literally the ocean, and I found it well up in my being. And then I heard my friend shriek because right at that very moment when I experienced that, so this was just after a few moments of sitting, a whole pot, a big pot of dolphins swam along the horizon. We could see them, hundreds of them. Like right at that very moment. So, of course, in, in some people listening might say, oh, well, it's a coincidence. Well, it was a good coincidence. So <laughs> the, this big pod swims along. But then the next moment, three dolphins break off from the pod and swim straight in to where I'm sitting, straight in. And so I could feel them. You know, I could actually feel their energy, their presence, their communication. I knew they'd come. And so I said to my friend, come on, what are you waiting for? They said, we're not swimming in there. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm a good swimmer and I love dolphins. So I just ripped my clothes off and I dived in. Do you know those three dolphins swam around me, Lisa, for 20 minutes, talking to me. They allowed me to, you know, ride them, talk to me, jumped over me, played with me. 20 that was 20 glorious minutes of of family communication like i could hear them in my brain and my heart i knew how to you know i, I was making all sorts of squeaks and you know to to connect and it was just it was just extraordinary so to this day my friends don't ask me to manifest anything else and of course i'm not manifesting it it's just being in touch with that universal vastness and you just simply open to the the power of the infinite in you, in each one of us. This is not something that's unique to me. I mean, there are many people that have experiences for those of you listening. I'm sure you can relate your own, your own um, pets, your own animal. I, I was uh, doing a, a session for a client uh, two, two days ago, and right at the moment that she said, oh, my goodness, I can feel the root of nature flowing through me, and suddenly these dogs, Dogs came up to her door and started barking and pouring at the door, trying to get in. She was astonished. She said, what's happening? What's happening? And I said, well, you're touching the ground of being. You're touching the infinite that we all have access to, that we are all interconnected beings. There is, there is literally no separation when you recognize it. So, yes, uh, the, the, the dolphin story uh, you know, ties in to that hummingbird story in a beautiful way because... I'm very present to the wonders of our 
natural kingdom and of, of our animal families. And that when you really take the time, as I'm sure many of you know with your own pets, when you do take the time to really communicate genuinely with animals, they will really respond to you. Uh, so I was, I, I related this story actually to some of my friends here in Japan. So this is another intersecting story. And I was in, I was out for a walk one day with some of my neighbors and uh, we'd been walking down the path and we were talking about snakes because I have quite an affinity with snakes and I like speaking to them. And so we were going down the path and so one of the neighbors said, oh, well, you know, there's, there's no such thing as speaking to snakes. They don't, they don't talk. And I said, it's, I, I didn't know really how, how best to give them an example, but suddenly at that very moment, a white snake came across the path and the, the, everybody halted because most people have a little fear of snakes. And I walked up to it and I knelt down in front of the snake because I could actually see it, see it, steal it, tear it. And the snake kind of re, re, came up turned towards me and just stayed, just stayed right there. Like it was so beautiful. I knew it was a female albino snake and I knew it was rare because I've, I've never seen a snake. And everybody was speechless and the snake just stayed there. And then I spoke through tele telepathically. I mean, it's simple to do. You don't need to necessarily make sound when you're communicating really directly with animals. And this beautiful snake then turned around Mosey Dot went, went off into the undergrowth. Now, what was really extraordinary about that was my two Japanese neighbors, they said, they came up to me and they said, what was that? I said, well, it was a snake. It was a white snake. I was just speaking to it. They said, yeah, we could see that, but there are no white snakes. <laughs> they said, there's no, we don't have white snakes here. How did you get, did, do you call that? And I said, no, no. I said, that was just, you know, some, there's, there's a snake that recognizes me that I recognize the snake. And I said it was just one of those beautiful moments in life where you can, you know, you can connect directly when your heart's really open. The, the animals know when you're in fear and they also know when you're really, really, you know, going back to our open, allowing, natural presence. When you're in really deep natural presence, I was showing my um, daughter how, how to do this in the garden. And so we've got lots of dragonflies. And I said, do you want to speak to the dragonfly? And she said, I don't know how to speak to dragonflies. And I said, you just simply have to be quiet and open and silent enough and spend enough time with the dragonflies to learn their language. And I said, watch, I'll show you. So I stood there in the garden and I held my hand out and I looked at one of the dragonflies on the plant and I said to my daughter, watch. So I just waited there and the dragonfly came, flew around us and then it just stopped in my hand and it looked at my daughter. It stayed there for a long, long time. And my daughter was going over <laughs> and it, but it's just we we all have this naturally. This is not the special power that I have that you don't have. This is actually just taking the time to spend the time. Every morning I go out. I go around all the trees in our garden. I speak to them. They're all my family members. I speak very gently to the grass because I'm walking on it. I talk to the dragonflies. To the we have all kinds of uh, we have snakes and all kinds of other animals in our hawks and because I'm in Japan. And when you take the time to actually get to know them, they get to know you, just like St. Francis of Assisi. I was, because I was brought up in that Carmelite tradition, 
which is the tradition of St. Francis of Assisi, St. Teresa of Lisieux, St. Teresa of Livilla, St. John of the Cross. You know, they had that natural affinity with that nature and with the our animal families. So I'm very present, you know, to the absolute healing power and the wonders of taking the time to connect to all all of our natural families, whatever that means for you, whether it's your flowers and trees, whether it's your ground, whether it's the animals in your environment. Taking the time to get to know them is just as important for me as getting to know my neighbours because they all they all speak, they all have wisdom that they share with us. Oh, for sure. So oh, that's all from the hummingbird story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hummingbird story. I love that story, and I've I've heard about hum. I've always been an incessant hummer. I just like hum, and people won't go to movies with me because I hum all the time. And I was learning about the humming effect. It's a real thing. Deva Pramal says that when we hum, we charge our chakras. Like, who even knew that that was a, a thing? But I guess we're moving that energy through us. But I want to go back oh, to your daughter. That, that oh. Is, oh, oh, don't don't leave that for a moment. I'm just going to say one thing. So uh-huh. just recently, my family and I had COVID. And how I dealt with uh, COVID was at the moment I got it, I started to chant OM. And then I started to chant, because I've practiced for around 40 years with the Dalai Lama, I chant OM, money, pardon me, OM, money. Now, it just started to work incessantly. And my wife was absolutely in wonderment because she said, you didn't need any medicine, you haven't done, and she said, in three days, you're as right as rain, and you, what did you do? And I said, I just simply used the power of hum. I used the hum, the hum to resonate in my body, and I feel so good doing that that I feel as if every molecule is vibrating with the, the essential nature of being. So for those of you listening, you know, if you have those moments where you're feeling really but, but having a tough day, then just simply hum and, and find a, a tone. So this is something that I do with my daughter and my wife. I help them to find a tone and a resonance that really where you feel, oh, this feels like my soul signature, or this feels like my song. So there's a particular tone, and you know, if I'm chanting, oh, money by me, 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 oh, money by me. So there's a there's a particular tone and register and and speed that that works exactly right. So I really encourage you to find the soul of your song, to find your song soul signature, and then work with it. As Lisa and I are sharing, you know, you can bring these moments in every day, every day, again and again and again and again. And that hum, that hum in your body, that's what embodied presence is all about. That's what the opening to the infinite is. Because when you consider it, vibration has no boundaries, right? It it has a frequency, but when once you start to tap into vibration, you realize, oh, actually, my vibration is connecting with the vibration of the entire cosmos. Because in fact, that those vibrations, like beautiful ripples on a lake, are actually manifesting, are actually flowing outwards. Then you start to realize, oh, you know, that ohm is bumping into that ohm over there, bumping into that ohm, bumping into that ohm, bumping into that. The primordial sound has an an enormous knock-on effect. So I'm, you know, I I use that simple practice of ohm all throughout my daily. So I see everybody when I go to the supermarket as the Buddha or as the primordial being. I see them as Tara or I see them as Kuan Yin. Or, so I have, have that 
firmly in my heart. Like, like in fact, Dawson asked me a similar question about how do you relate to the people in the world? And so I see everybody as the Buddha and all the houses as temples and the ground as mandala. And over the years, Lisa, from practicing this, my eyesight has changed. Like, it actually looks like my background that people can't see, but I have a rainbow background, and my vision is like that. It looks like rainbow colors. So everything's really bright. The, the My brain is bright. My my vision is bright. It's like rainbow colors. And they, people often ask me, but is that even real? And fortunately, I've been to labs both in the U.S. and Japan, and I've been the subject of um, some published studies in science and technological conferences about brain work. So they've compared my brain with the brains of me meditators throughout Japan, for example. So they took three control groups and they took me. And um, my brain, as one neuroscientist describes it, uh, looks like I'm on DMT 24-7. So it looks like I'm having a, a lucid experience all the time. And then the other way, because I, I have a a theta spike that of 7.8 hertz that's constant, that's always, and it does feel like that. You know, I'll lie down to go to sleep and I'll have 300 visions pass through my head. And because I can see angels and auras and other things, you know, it's all these lovely side effects, that's what I call it. The, the aura is kind of like just, it's, again, something that everybody can access once once you understand how. So... Having that scientific research done, it actually yielded some really great results because I get calls up from scientists who've read the accounts, and then when I see them the data, they say, "Oh goodness, you've got a you know you've got a theta spike, you've got your brain constantly is vibrating at Schumann resonance, so it constantly vibrates at seven point eight theta and fourteen point something alpha, and it also has this very high. They measured my brain against a those groups of meditators, and they found it has a hugely, huge uh, gamma effect, you know, above 200 hertz. So it's that's partly where the brightness comes from, is that it's constantly in this very, very bright, lit state. And and it feels like that. It feels like I, I close my eyes and there's just a big light. <laughs> it's a, I go to sleep, I'm lucid, I can lucid dream at will. And, and all sorts of effect. people come from all over the planet Lisa, for asking me, they want a plant medicine experience without the plant medicine. So I get a lot of you know, CEOs, wonderful celebrity souls, people of all kinds of you know all, all kinds of backgrounds coming who want that experience. So I guide them into that that kind of lucidity that I'm present to all the time. So it's really that that brightness, that lightness, and especially since it has been researched and I've had you know published documents which which show the results it's really helpful when people are a little bit skeptical and say yeah but you're just talking about this but no no it's actually a genuine you know neurophysiological and neuroscientific fact and those kind of i could call them enlightenment networks where you're starting to groove a different channel in your brain because initially we tend to grow, you know, our, our brain, we tend to think, oh, well, I'm, I've got all these habits and I've got all these ways that I live my life and I've got all these views on life. Once you start to understand that there are, the brain has neuroplasticity and we can actually shift those parameters, we can make new grooves. That is such an aha for people to think, oh, 
I can literally shift my brain. Teach me. I want to know how to do it. So most of my days are spent really gently guiding people into shifting those grooves in, in their brain into what we could call the Enlightenment Network, which is where you experience that light. And certainly in all the you know, clients and sessions I've done over the years, people experience the most extraordinary things, and they don't experience what I'm trying to show them. I'm actually simply guiding them to learn about what their own true faculties are and how they can best accentuate their, their, their own superpowers or their own beautiful abilities by, by simply being open to them and by learning to train that enlightenment network. So it's a really, it's a really fascinating and beautiful, you know, we, we live in such a, a golden age in a sense today in that we do have the science of headsets. I've, I've got a, a, a beautiful client I teach in Canada who's always in awe of her own brain because she can put on a muse or put on another headset and at the end of these practices that we do, you know, she can see where her baseline is, but she can see what happens when I guide her. She gets this wild gamma effect, and and she can tell. She said, "Oh, I get this vision of this and that and something." She's she becomes extremely enamored with the fact. And the, the point is, that's the, that's her own insights and wisdom. That's her own power of unlocking the infinite potential of her brain and the heart and gut, right, is that we start to actually be present to the wonders of the human being in each one of us. And we realize that all our differences are just so, such blessings. <laughs> oh my goodness. You've, you've mentioned a couple of times how this is just who we are innately. This is the most natural state of being a human being. So do you think that it is the, the way that our culture is set up right now, where we, from the get-go, we hinder this natural blossoming. And I, I was going back to your daughter being brought up in, in such a way to just allow her natural innate humanness, which seems like superhuman to the average bear, <laughs> to, to just flourish. And it sounds like you credit your upbringing with some of that as well, that you didn't have the limitations that a lot of us have. I think I've brought this up before, but my mind goes to that old, old, old movie now, um, John Travolta and Phenomenon. Did you ever see Phenomenon? <laughs> yes, yeah, I did. Right? Yeah. Okay, it's a fictionalized account and there's like the brain tumor, <laughs> like something's wrong. But but it seemed so real and like, yes, if, if we could just allow our brains, our consciousness, our, our energetic essence to be what it's meant to be, would we all be walking around like Stephen Altair? Absolutely. I'm, I'm very present to the fact that we all have that opportunity for openness. It's just that in our Western society, as, as you know, we tend to be very conceptual, right? We get hardwired into, into our brains and our habits and our views and our perspectives and ways of looking at the world. So a bit like a record or a groove, we are actually making that groove, and we don't we don't know if somebody doesn't come along and say, "Hey, you're actually the light. <laughs> you're the joy. You are the light of the world. You literally have this ability to rest back as love any time that you choose it." And there is a way, and the way is often very simple. And I, um, you know, there have been many works that are that have, or many both scientists and teachers that have spoken about this simple memory that you can access that allows you to plug into whatever it is that gives you the fullest access to that light. So you come back to that same 
focus again and again and again and again. So I'll give you give you an example of how it really how much struggle there can be and what happens when you open to that. So I was te- um, teaching an executive who, who was a multimillionaire who owned six you know multinational companies and he had come to me for he said he, I've been told you you know you can solve people's problems in just six or 90 minutes and I said well actually I don't stop them you do he said what do you mean I said well let's look at what are your problems so he detailed all the problems for about 20 minutes he took the time we went through each of these uh, companies and what the problems were and I said okay great I said well, do you want to solve those in 90 minutes and he said I thought you were no I said do you want to solve them and he said well, I guess so 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 I said what is the one moment in your life when you can remember being so open to the infinite opportunities of the universe that you, you thought anything was possible. And he said, oh, he said, I remember the time when I was a 12-year-old. And he said, I was in a, in a creek, in a stream with my feet placed. And he said, I had my best friend. She was my boyfriend for that. And we just used to hold hands and sit in that stream. And he said, I just felt like the whole world was, I felt calm. I felt open. I said, great. Can you, do you know where you feel that in your body? So if you're listening to me and you've got one of those moments, just notice where you feel in your body. It could be in your head, could be in your heart, could be in your belly. You say, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel in my heart. I just feel really open to the universe and everything that right then with her. I said, okay. So let's stay in that for a moment. Can you stay there? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm right there. I said, wonderful. Let's take your first company. Now, what's the problem? He said, oh, it's... No, no, I said, stay in the creek. Stay in that serving, you know, can you feel her hand, holding her hand? Can you feel the, the water on your feet? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I said, now go to your company. What, what's, what would you do with this company if you were that 12-year-old and you had the whole world at your feet and you had your best friend at your side and you had every opportunity? And he suddenly, he, he paused for a moment, he said, oh, Oh my goodness. He said, that partnership and that company has been at each other's throats for two entire years. And he said, I've just despaired. And I, he said, I know exactly what I have to do. He said, hang on. So he goes, yeah, you know, and he does something. And then I said, what did you do? He said, well, actually, I just texted him to say, for the first time in two years, I'm going to go in and run the company meeting on Monday. Now, and then we went through his other challenges in one by one, just by that, by just resting back in that open, I can, I can do this. I can solve, in that gentle, open, allowing to the infiniteness of the universe. We went through all of his six major problems like that, but solving them from that space, from that infinite potential. And he rang me back at the end of the week and he said, you wouldn't believe this. He said, what you said was, he said, I'm just solving things in a totally different way. Every time I've got a, problem i just rest back with my best friend put my feet in the creek and he said a whole different solution he said i'm usually so stressed that i solve everything from stress but he said now he said i can tell you you're teaching me to lead with love and i said exactly i said when you've got your feet in that water and you feel that love of that friend you're actually now making decisions on that foundation and I always teach people that there's basically three stages, foundation, transformation, and integration. So you want to have the foundational practice, which is 
openness that you allow, whatever that is for you, that gentle, felt, embodied experience of openness and love and nurturing and support, whatever that means for you. And then you want to transform your life with it. So just like he did, he was transforming those problems that he had. And then you start to integrate it. You First thing in the morning, you go to that place. Throughout your day, you go to that place. At the end of your day, you go to that place. You, you start to recognize that you can be in that space of openness and love, or, or his beautiful term, leading with love. You can actually lead with love right throughout the day in every moment. And it's this process. It's a gen- very gentle, gentle process of bringing that in again and again and again and again. And when that's the energy that we bring to the solution or the issue or the project, that's what we'll create from it. When we're bringing the fear and frustration and when that's what's driving the application of whatever we bring, that's what we're going to create more of that. That's beautiful. I love the way you explained that, that story. Yeah. That's lovely. So it's, you know, that, both that story and you were mentioning my eight-year-old and I, I spoke with you at the very beginning of this about, you know, how my eight-year-old views the world. And I think it's, it's really helpful for us to spend time in the company of children, right? Because, and really listen to where their hearts are because they are opening this whole evolutionary shift for our planet. And when she was um, uh, a wee girl, so I'll just give you a couple of examples of her view, which I, I, you know, deeply love, and I learned so much from her. She's definitely my my teacher through and through. Is that um, so? My wife and I chuckle about this first particular um, experience. Is that uh, she was? We were at a temple for a Goma fire ceremony, and we we tossed up about baptizing her, and also doing that this in the traditional Japanese way. So we decided to take her to a local temple. We decided, you know, that all her masters and guides were going to be with her wherever she was. And she was in the town and they were doing this ritual and there was a television crew there because the, our local temple is quite famous and it's only open once a year. And so the local television crew, we, we were the only foreigners in the large group of Japanese people that were there. And they came over to her and they said to her, because there was a large statue of the Buddha, and they said, does your daughter know who Buddha is? And I said, yes, she does, but she calls Buddha Babu. And they, so the, the interviewer turns the camera on my daughter, who's just one, right? Just, she's in my arms, just one year old. We've still, we still got the footage, it's so classic. And, and points the camera on her, points to the statue and says, oh, little one, you know, where's Babu? Where's Babu? And my daughter, Maya, looks at the statue and looks at the interviewer, leans over in my arms and taps the interviewer on the chest and goes, <laughs> babu, babu. Oh. <laughs> and she, the interviewer was, was nearly in tears, you know, because she realized how uh. beautiful that was from a little wee one. Um, and we, you know, we'd taken my daughter, we, we had a number of embarrassing moments with my daughter in temples because we took her to one of the major temples near us called Narita-san, which has about a million visitors a year. And they have these big events where the monks are chanting and there's, you know, hundreds of people there. Well, sometimes tens of thousands of people there. But on this particular day, we were there. It was my daughter's very first time in this temple. So, and, and there's a lot of people 
and the monk is chanting, you know, and then there's this big stop and there's this silence, and suddenly this little one year old perks up at the top of her voice and goes, you know, actually. Mimics the thing. And of course, we had to. She was so loud, just oh. so loud that, you know, everybody in the whole temple turned. It was like we, we decided, oh, okay, we better take. She wouldn't stop. She just got into the vein of this chant. She can she can recite the, you know, Heart Sutra, uh, Hanya Shingo, Shingo in, in Japanese, and, and she can recite it all. So she's very, very good like this. And the um, one other little story, which is very cute, was that uh, a few months ago she was the the first speaker at a speak, uh, peace conference. They decided to, they'd like to have the child and they asked me whether my daughter would like to speak. And they also asked for her bio. And it's just a classic what she came up with, all on her own. She said, Dada, the bio, four things, love, awareness, wisdom, and meditation. <laughs> 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 we all better keep our eye on this one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so she is a real little sweetie, and she's very um, yeah. She's and and you know, um, actually, you just reminded me of something. If if you know, if you're out there and you're you're having a you know winter flu spell, or you you've had COVID, or you're just having to struggle struggles with your breathing passages, my daughter. So this is again my daughter. Um, and, and she always helps my wife. She says, Mama, you know, you, you should do Reiki on yourself and you should breathe. But one of the breathing practices that my daughter really found helpful was that simple breath where you can, and this is especially for mums and kids that are listening, is that if you find that moment when you're just feeling like your breath's a bit raggedy or you're feeling anxiety around something or, or the winter flu or some chills or something, the simple four counts in, breathing in mm. to a count of one, two, three, four, and then breathing out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. That long exhalation activates your vagus nerve. It's I was about to your, say, yes. Your, your parasympathetic the... nervous system. Yeah. Gets now, my daughter practiced this while she had COVID, and she recovered so quickly Compared to my poor wife, who actually suffered quite a bit, and the um, and and my daughter kept saying to her, "No, Mama, you just need to work with your breathing." <laughs> Thankfully, my wife's better now because my wife had suffered from asthma, so she really oh. caught the caught the difficult end of it. But it was really interesting work for us working as a family and just gently nurturing and looking after each other while while we had COVID. It was a really very special time to actually. Spend, look after each other I was I was nurse I was looking after them for for uh, a number of days but my daughter's you know the way that she took to that special breathing practice and just the way that I watched that calm her you know for several nights because obviously sometimes it's not not particularly useful at all but just reminding her to breathe in that way and then once she caught on to it just making that her kind of go-to practice was so helpful. So just that's just a little, a little practice that's very useful to do and very very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about the Negus, uh, vagus nerve with some some people on the podcast before and in J school, and and definitely that will affect everything. Of course, it's going to help you get over COVID. It's, it regulates everything. Correct. That's a beautiful exactly. practice with the longer mm-hmm. exhale. Yeah. Yes. Lovely, lovely. Well, Lisa, I, I just 
I, I feel like we could go on forever because yeah. we've got so many, so many beautiful stories and, and wonders that we can share with everybody. So. We've barely scratched the surface, so you'll be back for sure. But tell people, I know when I say where can they find you, there are like eight places they can find you. So how would you like people to be able to follow up with you? And if you want to say anything about the, your project with Ian or the Raising Our Vibration or Conscious Accelerator or any of these projects. Oh. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, so just just very quickly, you can find me on raisingourvibration.net, so that's one, or altairlove, A-L-T-A-I-R-L-O-V.com. So that's an easy way. And yeah, Ian and I run a podcast called This Day, and so we'd love anybody who's interested in being interviewed, we've done that for some, so you can reach out to me through any of those, through, through Raising a Vibration Royalty and Love, that's probably the easiest way to get to me directly. But yeah, Ian and I have a wonderful podcast and we've interviewed a lot of amazing people on that. Now, our most recent interview was with Dr. Bill Bingston, who's done lots of research into the the power of stored energy or stored healing, which is kind of what he's particularly working at at the moment. I love that, you know, that we could actually store for humanity our our healing energies and help us to, to help us to really share right throughout humanity. Ideally, for free, this opportunity we have to bring love and bring healing and bring everything else for to to support humanity's evolution into love and into joy and into happiness. So I'm with you all on that. So yeah, anytime anybody would like to reach out. Any of those channels, please, please do. I'm always here for you, and I'm always available. So I'd love to hear from you. If you like you to are share. such a bright, bright, bright light. I can feel your ripples from all these different little points all across the globe. You are rippling this joy and light and love. And how blessed we all are that you are here on the planet with us at this time. Thank oh, you. And I'm equally blessed, Lisa. What a, what a joy to be in your presence. So I, ca I can't thank you enough. And also, what a joy to be in everybody's presence who's listening. Thank you to all of you for your collective love and your collective wisdom. I'm really present to that. It feels so beautiful. I feel like I can feel all of that present here. I always tell them I can feel them. It's true. Can't you feel them? I do. Yeah, I, I'm with you. For sure. Okay. Love, love, love to all. And um, see you in a few weeks. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Lisa. Much love. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. Much love.
given me juicy joy, 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 juicy joy. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs>